I am giving you all the best of the first produce which the Israelites give me each year, olive oil, wine, and grain. It all belongs to you. Every member of your family who is ritually clean may eat it. We serve a God of abundance, yet you're still living paycheck to paycheck. We serve a God of order, yet your house always seems to be a mess. You feel unappreciated and overwhelmed just trying to keep up. Does the noise of life drown out the voice of God? Hi, my name is Gina Morton, a Catholic wife, mom, and declutter coach. Welcome to Pruning to Prosper, the podcast where we talk about all the practical things to run your home smoothly. Clutter, money, mindset, and yes, everyone still wants to eat. So we'll talk about that too. That nagging in your heart is God telling you he has more for you than just trying to keep up. If you're ready to get uncomfortable, get brave, and see what you can do, then grab your garden shears because you're about to prune away the stuff so you can prosper into the woman God has called you to be. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pruning to Prosper. I'm your host, Gina Morton, and today's episode is just a fun one because it is technically on the cover of this podcast that I talk about meals and they tend to be the topics that I don't really talk about very often. But given that we just spent a month in Europe this summer, I am just reignited with passion for food and eating and grocery shopping and all the things that are just tasty and yummy. And when we arrived in Germany, I found an Aldi, of course, which I will probably make that a whole episode. It's just the Aldis of Europe <laughs> because I'm an Aldi girl. And so anyway, I knew that we would be moving from house to house and I wanted to have some basics always on hand so that I knew I could run to the grocery store and whip up dinner in just a matter of minutes with just a few simple ingredients. This topic also goes way back to the first days of COVID lockdown. And one of my listeners, she texted me and asked, if I go to the grocery store, what is the one thing that I always make sure that I have in my cart? And I thought, hmm, good question, because, you know, we didn't have a lot of opportunities to go to, go to the grocery stores back then. And if things were limited on the shelves, it was like, what was the one thing I always wanted to make sure that I had on hand? So I will give you, that's in one of my top six must-have ingredients as well. Okay, and then I'm going to talk to you about the meal that made me an immersion blender convert. All right, so stay tuned for that. First ingredient that I consider my number one must-have ingredient and I purchased this in Germany and I had it with me until our very last house in Northern Italy where I left it for the homeowners to enjoy. And that was a good bottle of extra virgin olive oil. So extra virgin olive oil, if you ever watch Rachel Ray, she just says like it gives you a good healthy coat. Like she just uses it all the time. And I go through a lot of olive oil. Um, some ideas. So in this episode today, I'm going to tell you my favorite ingredients, but I'm also going to give you a few ideas of how I use them personally. Extra virgin olive oil is a base for all my salad dressings. I never buy 
store-bought salad dressings except for ranch, and that's only because I haven't taken the time to figure out a homemade recipe. So if you follow me, I am gluten and corn-free. And the gluten-free is not that hard to purchase things and stick to that diet, but the corn is very hard. And pretty much anything in a package or processed has corn in it. So that pretty much eliminates all store-bought salad dressings for me. But if you don't make your own salad dressings, it is just like the little cherry on top of like a wonderful salad. And it really takes just like a matter of two minutes. And it just makes the whole salad taste so much better, especially this time of year. If you've got fresh um, lettuce and tomatoes and cucumbers from your own garden, like don't douse it with store-bought salad dressing. Whip up a little bit of your own. So I use extra virgin olive oil for the base of those. Um, I I pour it on top of just about everything when I, you know, I coat my pans with it before I cook just about anything. If you want to do like a happy hour kind of charcuterie board or something like that, you can just put a little bowl of extra virgin olive oil out on the table, mix some herbs and salt and pepper, and dip your nice crusty bread in there. Mm, oh my gosh, I could just die for that stuff. Okay, so that's my first must-have ingredient. It's extra virgin olive oil. My second, which is really hard to go between the oil and this one, but my second must-have ingredient, always, always, always on hand, is butter. I love butter. Um, I use about one and a half sticks per day. <laughs> That's how much we go through butter in this house. Um, and I'm not even Paula Deen. But today, I think my daughter made cookies, and that was two sticks right there. Um, and we've even made our own butter. And I've got recipes below, so I have, I'll link in the show notes um, the recipe for how we made the butter. Um, I smother it on bread for my family. I add it to the pan on its own. Or you can, if you want to put butter into a pan to cook up vegetables or something like that, if you add extra virgin olive oil along with it, it kind of slows down the burning of the butter. So if you want the butter flavor, but you don't want it to cook super fast, add some extra virgin olive oil in there. Um, and then I in the show notes below, I have a recipe for browned butter sauce. This is the simplest possible recipe ever. And if you want the fastest dinner ever, get yourself some white fish like haddock or cat cod or some fillets and make a browned butter sauce and pour it over and you're, you're just going to Mm, it's mouthwatering good. Okay. And that's like a five minute dinner. It's so, so easy. Okay. Ingredient number three, and this is the one I told Jessica about when she asked me in COVID, what's the ingredients that you should I should always buy? My answer is lemons, 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 lemons. You can put them just in a glass of water and it just elevates the glass of water. It helps me drink more water in the course of the day when I have a lemon in there. I just feel like it's a little bit more special. I add it to some LaCroix uh, when I get tired of just drinking plain water. We don't really do sodas or anything or juices in our house, so I do LaCroix and we do water and wine and coffee. That's pretty much all we drink. So a lemon just makes it a little bit more special. You can put it in a cup of tea. You can add it to the salad dressings that I was talking to you about. So a, a, like a really simple salad dressing is just 
some type of oil base, and then some sort of a um, acidic. So either vinegar or a lemon or a lime, um, and that mixed with some salt and pepper, boom, there's your recipe right there. Add some Dijon mustard, perfect salad dressing. Easy, easy. Um, you could make, just like I told you about the browned butter sauce for fish, you could do a lemon butter sauce, which is very similar to the brown butter recipe. You just squirt some lemon in at the end and you put that over the, um, the fish or chicken. Oh my gosh, a lemon butter chicken. That sounds so good. You can also make lemons in desserts. You can do your own Italian ice. When I was growing up, there was an Italian ice place that we would always go to, and they had little shavings of the lemon rind in their Italian ice. And that was just so good and special and such a treat on a hot summer day. And the last thing that you can make with lemons that I'm going to have a recipe for in the the show notes is lemoncello. So yes, you can make your own lemoncello. When we were in Rome, we, um, I'm not a huge lemoncello fan, but when it's offered, I never say no. And when we were in Rome, we had this wonderful dinner that actually the same meal about the immersion blender. So hang tight for that one. But they brought us limoncello at the end of our meal, and I guess there was a little <laughs> miscommunication in the kitchen, so we ended up getting two <laughs> complimentary little shots of limoncello from my husband and I. So the guy was like, oh, I see you already have some. And then he, you know, it was kind of awkward, so he was like, here, have another one. So that was a really nice treat that we got some, some limoncello at the end of our dinner. And that's like the perfect end to a summer dinner. Okay, number four must-have ingredient that I just always, always have in my house. Garlic. Vampires don't stand a chance in my house because I use at least a half a head of garlic a day if I'm cooking or making a soup or any kind of thing. Um, I shove it under the skin of chicken. It's usually the base of some sort of roasting vegetables or my uh, soups that I do. I also add that to the Salad dressings, again, you can, you know, I have different recipes that I have for salad dressings. And I actually bought a book this past year at Home Goods, and it was just, I, I struggle with side dishes and salads. And I'm the Gina that shops and the Gina that cooks are sometimes two very different people. So I'll buy all these beautiful lettuces and vegetables. And then by the time it comes to actually make the salad, I just kind of run out of steam and I throw away way more vegetables and lettuce than I care to admit. So since we've gotten home from Europe, I'm trying to shop a little bit differently and really only shopping for the bare minimal that we're going to use that day or the next day. And I really haven't thrown anything away since we've been home. Um, but anyway, so I always made sure I had garlic when I was traveling from place to place in Europe. Um, I add it to my pesto that I make. My pesto is a super easy recipe of like, I basil can be a little bit expensive. So I use spinach instead. And sometimes if I wanna make it a little healthy, I'll do kale. So I'll do half, half spinach, half kale. And then I toss in garlic, Parmesan cheese, salt and pepper and olive oil, and that's it. And you can use that on just some toasted bread as a little appetizer, or you can put it in omelets. You can do, you know, pesto omelets. You can do pesto pasta. We do pesto pizza. So we, I always have some pesto that I've made in my house. 
And one of my kids' favorite things I've ever made that I don't make very often, I'll have the recipe linked below, um, are homemade garlic knots. Mm -mm 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 -mm. So that was another special treat for the kids, and I'll have that recipe below. All right, ingredients five and six are pretty much everyone's got them in your house, but I had to add them to list because it really is, if you had just six things that you were going to keep in your cupboard, these would definitely be part of it. And that is, of course, salt and pepper. Because really, you don't need a bazillion spices. And it took me 47 years to come to this conclusion because I spent one whole summer purchasing all the little glass spice jars from Bed Bath & Beyond and labeling everything. But really, when I look at my cabinet, I use the same few ingredients for the bulk of what I make. And typically, if you don't have the ingredient that you that the recipe calls for, you can just Google what is a substitute for dot, 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 and you'll get something that you probably have in your house. So salt and pepper, because I just want to remind you guys that you know, just like in the Bible, all the food mentioned in the Bible is very simple. It's like wine, bread, honey, fish, you know, like <laughs> it's it's super simple and you, we don't need to complicate it. We don't need big fancy recipes. We can just keep the ingredients really healthy, really fresh, really local, and it makes the dinner so easy to come together, so quick and just delicious. Um, so I just wanted to also say, you know, if you needed a simple dish, really all you need to do is sprinkle some salt and pepper on there. Like I made salmon tonight with just salt and pepper on top. Um, a lot of times my chicken is, if I made a full chicken, it's just salt and pepper with some butter shoved under the skin, maybe an onion in the cavity of it, but just really simple. Maybe if you have some fresh herbs that you can also toss in there, voila, you can make just about anything tasty with just the six ingredients that I have mentioned today. Okay, let's get to the meal that made me an immersion blender convert. Now, again, if you've been with me for a little bit, you know I am not a fan of what I call one-hit wonders. And the immersion blender, to me, is the epitome of one-hit wonders because it really does one thing. You shove it in the pot and it blends things up and down, up and down, right? And when I declutter people's kitchens, I'm always asking them to really evaluate their one-hit wonders. You know, can something else that you already own replace this? And the reason I've never purchased an immersion blender is because I love my food processor. And I do, I'm a big soup person. I love to make soups. And one of the things that, uh, actually I'll tell you two soups that my kids love, potato leek and homemade creamy tomato soup. And both of those soups, if I really wanted to take the, the extra time to make it well, I would do batches into my food processor. So it took a long time and it was tricky and it was messy, but I would kind of just like, and you never totally knew if everything made it into the food processor because I couldn't just dump the whole big pot of soup in there. So I had to do it in batches. But I didn't mind and I didn't make enough soup to really warrant this immersion blender. And my mother-in-law has, 
she's been singing its praises for years. So when we're in this this restaurant in Rome, we were actually sitting outside on the, the sidewalk there. Um, I was really a little tired. We ate a lot of pork. It was like, how many different ways can they present pork in this country? <laughs> so between Germany and Italy, it was a lot of pork. And I'm not really, we don't eat a ton of pork. We're really like fish and chicken kind of people. But um, I just wanted something light. So I thought, I'm just going to get a soup. And if it's not big enough for a meal, then I'll order something else with it. But I ordered this soup and it was an Italian pureed vegetable soup. And on top was a slice of toasted bread and then drizzled on top of that was extra virgin olive oil. And I took a picture of it and I sent it to my mother-in-law and I said, um, I don't have the text right in front of me, but it was something to the effect of like, when I get home, I'm buying an immersion blender and I'm going to make this recipe. So that recipe is linked below. It is a, just simply a vegetable soup that you puree at the end with the immersion blender. And again, if you don't want to buy an immersion blender, you could do this in batches in a blender or in your food processor, but the immersion blender just makes it so even um, and just the beautifully finished. Okay. So yes, if you caught the fact that there was a piece of bread on top, I did eat bread in Europe because I've heard that they don't mess with their food like we do here in the United States. Um, and I don't have celiac. I just, I, I do a gluten-free diet because I, I have rheumatoid arthritis and it, it helps me keep the inflammation down and, um, the corn as well. Um, so yeah, that's why I do it. So I'm not going to get sick if I eat bread. Uh, so that's why I was able to eat it in Europe. And, uh, I thought for one month, I'm going to eat all the things, drink the beer and just live life to its fullest. And, um, I really loved it. But anyway, this soup recipe is in the show notes and the only thing I would do differently. Now I made it according to this recipe where they want you to boil the vegetables and I, would rather roast them. So I'm going to try making it kind of my own way where I put olive oil in the bottom of a pan and then I roast all my vegetables until there's like nice brown bits on the bottom. And then I add in my homemade vegetable stock and then I'll cook that and I'll use the immersion blender. So I'm going to try it that way. Really, whenever you make a soup, you don't have to be super particular. You know, like when I discovered, and it's so, it's, this is such a silly thing to say, but I used to not make a recipe if I didn't have every single little spice that it called for. And then I was watching Oprah one time and some celebrity was on and she just made a comment like, well, if, as long as the, the ingredient doesn't totally change the whole recipe, then just skip it. And that was such a light bulb moment for me. Maybe it's been obvious to you, but to me, I was like, oh my gosh, she's right. And so I really, I might use a recipe the first one or two times, but then after that, I just kind of have the idea in my head of like, what's the flavor or the texture or the feel that I'm going for. And then I just see what I have in my house and I go for it. So anyway, that recipe is going to be in the show notes and I hope you like it. I hope you, um, if you have an immersion blender, tell me what you love to make with it and uh, I'll add it to my new repertoire of soups and whatever else. I don't really know what else other than soups to make with it yet. I just got it. So anyway, um, 
I don't know how to tie this back into the Bible verses other than, um, let's see, the best, produ- the best of the first produce, which Israel has gave me each year, olive oil, wine, and grain. So, um, yeah, if I could add wine to this list, I would add that as well because everything goes well with, with a nice glass of wine. So, anyway, have a great day, and don't forget to sign up for the September rosary group. We're going to be doing the seven sorrows of our blessed mother and you'll need to order a seven sorrows rosary if you don't already have one. And the link to sign up is in the show notes. The doors are going to be closing next Wednesday so that I can get the email out to everybody. If you've never prayed this rosary before, don't worry. I've only done it a few times myself. It's going to be 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. um, And we usually stay on till about 6 chit-chatting, but it's very casual. You can you can leave after the rosary if you've got to get started for the day. Um, but usually at six, we do all say goodbye because that's when my kids start getting up and I, I've got to get going. So anyway, the first rosary group we did was so delightful. And um, the women that signed up were just, just beautiful. And everyone was coming from a, a different place. Uh, I think we had five states represented in the group, and um, I just love meeting all of you. So if you can't make this, then stay tuned. There'll be different things coming in a few more weeks. Um, But if you can commit to the month of September, I would love to meet you. I'm getting uh, a few emails and texts from people from Central Time um, saying, like, it's it's 4 a.m. for us. I know, I know. But again, I have to do what works for my family. So if you're torn about the time and it's really early for you to, to join us that central time, you know, if you're central time, then maybe just commit to one or two days a week and you'll still get a ton out of the program. But if it's early, then just hang tight for the next thing. I'll try to do Sunday evenings and different times to try to get as many women involved and for you guys to meet each other as possible. All right. Have a great day and I'll see you Saturday for a five minute declutter with me. Take care.